Welcome to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist, a podcast dedicated to empowering you to take control of your life, learning valuable strategies for healing and looking at mental health through a trauma-informed lens. Get ready to feel empowered and confident in managing your symptoms. And now, here is your host, licensed clinical social worker, EMDR therapist, and certified clinical trauma professional, Jamie Vollmuller. Welcome to Good Enough. I am your host, Jamie Vollmuller, and I am here with my lovely clinical supervisor, Christy Casper. So today we are going to talk about trauma myths, which I think is super important as a trauma therapist because uh, a lot of what our clients will say to us is like, oh, well, I don't have trauma, right? Because I think people usually associate trauma with these big events, like only like combat veterans have trauma, right? Or, or like, someone in a really bad car accident who survived, like that's traumatic, but it doesn't have to be that big. Yeah. So there's there's different types of trauma, right? So those events like a really traumatic car accident or like a really traumatic car accident that you're having flashbacks and symptoms about would be considered acute trauma, right? It's one one event that happened that's causing you physical distress. Chronic trauma would be like a war veteran that experienced multiple events, but it's the same instance that caused those multiple events. It's all linked to the war, right? Mm -hmm. Complex trauma would be, uh, you know, maybe that same war veteran, but he also had childhood trauma. So on top of that childhood trauma is now building all these other negative beliefs that are related to the subsequent trauma Mm -hmm. experienced in the war. And even after that, it could be anything, financial troubles that could lead to marital troubles or anything that's traumatic, you know? Yeah. So it's building on it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like, there's all different types of trauma. And everyone can experience like these uncomfortable moments that can be considered like what we call little t traumas, where they might seem small, but if it's consistent or not dealt with in a positive and supportive way, it changes how that person sees themselves and the world and how they respond to what's happening in the world, right? So there's there's a there's a spectrum of trauma that is really important to understand. But one of the first myths is that trauma is only caused by major life-threatening events. And and it's so not true, right? So. No, there are even such little things like I always go back to like parenting because that's mm-hmm. just what I know best. And I've seen on different parenting forums people saying like, I didn't realize what my mom was doing was actually hurting me in the long run. It's things mm-hmm. like at a, like a talent show, oh, that kid is not as good as you. Oh, they didn't practice as hard as you. You're better. They're making their kid feel good, but they're also forming this negativity that's like, okay, well, other parents are going to judge me and other people are going to judge me and I have to be perfect now. you know. Mm-hmm. But the parent is like, I'm on your side. I'm your biggest cheerleader. But they don't realize that bit of negativity. So that statement, they're, you're better than them, could be, Look at how they work just as hard as you. Maybe they need a little more practice. Maybe you could help them or something positive. Well, because it's creating that competitive environment, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's it's really teaching them that, like, if you're not, Mm -hmm. it's like Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so exploring how trauma can result from, like, these different experiences, including, like, just, like, 
neglect as a child, right? Mm-hmm. So if a kid's basic needs are met, and, and I work with a lot of adults like this, right? They're like, my parents did the best they could. And saying you have trauma is not about, you know, speaking negatively about your upbringing because every parent does the best they could. But if you're, let's say you grew up with a single mom and she had to work multiple jobs, right? And so you were a latchkey kid. You, you know, fed yourself, you fed your siblings, Mm -hmm. you were responsible for everyone. Your emotional needs weren't met, probably not because of your mom, but because, oh, I know my mom's under so much stress. I don't want to cause her any more stress. So I'm not going to burden her with my problems. And I see this all the time with my clients and they wind up with these core beliefs that like, they're not important. They're not good enough. And they're responsible for everyone around mm-hmm. them. Yep. And and that is traumatic because it, it it permeates every area of their life. It shows up in their marriage. It shows up in how they parent their mm-hmm. kids. It shows up at work. Yeah. It shows up with their friends. And it still continues with their family because they put everyone before themselves. Yeah. So, like, you know, even just having a single mom that truly did the best she could sometimes for some people can be really traumatic, especially as the oldest child that has to take on that responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's hard enough being the, old, well, I'm the youngest, so I don't know, but I tell my kid, <laughs> we're a perfect match. No. <laughs> I tell my son who's the oldest, you know, I'm flat out honest with him. Like it sucks being the oldest. You have to do the right thing because she's going to, my four-year-old is going to, you know, do everything that you do. So if you jump off the couch, she's going to jump off the couch couch. And I know you want to have fun, but you just can't do that. You know, like little things like that. And it's, it's okay to be honest and be like, I hate it too. I want you to have the best time of your life, but your sister is too small to do those things too. Yeah. And she's going to want to, I mean, my, my kids are four and two and I tell Mikey this, Mikey's my four year old. I tell him the same thing. Like, I know you can do all these things, but your brother's going to want to follow you and it's not safe for him to do right. them. <laughs> so, yeah. And it, it also is about, you know, even people who experience the same life event, right? Like there can be two listeners out there that both had a single mom and they don't have the same core, what we call core beliefs. They don't have those same feelings about themselves. But maybe that other one, like their grandma stepped in or their dad was still really present. So they mm-hmm. had different levels of support in dealing with the same issue. And if people have different levels of support in dealing with those issues, the person who gets more support, that stressful event is going to be less traumatic for them because they have more resources to still get their Mm -hmm. needs met. Yeah, It's when we don't have the resources and the support to get our needs met, whether that be with bullying or a divorce situation or death in the family, anything, honestly, that, that causes you a significant amount of distress, if you don't have the appropriate resources and support, it, it's likely to, to be a more long-lasting impact for you. Mm-hmm. And also like non-threatening things, right? Like infertility. Um, that's not a life-threatening event, but it's one of the most stressful events for people mm-hmm. that are going through Emotionally it. and physically. Emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I went through infertility treatments. Girl, like you have to go through shots. You have to go through like poking and prodding. You go in multiple times. And I- I'm very fortunate that I never miscarried. But many of these women would miscarry and miscarry. And so they're even when they got pregnant, they were so anxious that something was going to happen. It, it just shatters your world for you. Imagine like wanting to be a mom your whole life and then being told you might not be able to. Yeah. You know, so... There are plenty of things in our life that can cause us to think negatively about ourselves. 
and saying that we have these things that cause us to feel certain ways about ourselves and the world and change our perception to one that isn't so positive or maybe doesn't serve us so well, right? Mm-hmm. Is Yeah, that core belief may have been like, I'm responsible. Responsible yeah. meaning not I'm a responsible human, I get to work on time, but I'm responsible for my mom, for mm-hmm. my dad, for everyone in my family. Yeah. You know, maybe that could have been turned into something, you know, more positive. Well, yeah. So if I have clients that have the belief I'm responsible, right? What we try to work on is I can accept appropriate responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we try to change that to, like learning what you are responsible for, what you're not responsible for. The serenity prayer actually really helps me with that. It's like, God <laughs> help me to accept the things that, that you know. You yeah. Know, the whole thing. Yep. But yeah, so it's very important that people know that if you're struggling with something and it's making you feel negative about yourself, you should never be ashamed to ask for help. What I often hear from clients is people have it worse than me, so I shouldn't complain. Or I don't want to be a burden like that. Yeah. They don't want to hear it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, like it happened so long ago, it shouldn't bother me. Like all of these things are so true, but if it's still affecting you, it's worth working on. The second myth that I think is common is that trauma is always visible, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So the nature of like, especially like childhood trauma or trauma in general, trauma is literally uh, any event that happens that causes you a significant amount of stress that you don't have the supports or resources to handle adequately can be considered a trauma, right? So those that could literally be anything, But most of those traumas don't show on our bodies. Like most of those traumas, you don't have scars. You don't have lost limbs. You don't. Or they come out ages later and you're like, where is this coming from? Yeah. I mean, most of the ways that traumas replay in our lives is through our patterns, right? That's why what they call intergenerational trauma is so prevalent because we learn certain patterns in our childhood from our parents and then we continue those those patterns mm-hmm. with our kids, right? So so trauma to me is more about the negative patterns that we have mm-hmm. <laughs> than it is about any any life event because those patterns are based on what we believe about ourselves in the world. So if we are chronically not taking care of ourselves, that makes us feel not good enough, alone, mm-hmm. depressed, anxious. And this continues and continues and continues because we keep repeating the same patterns where we put everyone's needs before our own, right? Mm-hmm. So trauma is definitely not always visible. I mean, no. Chris, you have like an example you'd want to share? I was just thinking of like if you're watching a movie and mm-hmm. someone's getting attacked or something mm-hmm. and that's traumatic for you because maybe you were mugged or attacked in some way in the past. Whoever you're with may not know that. They may not see it, but you may be clenching your hands so mm-hmm. bad that you're you're like, you know, hurting yourself or, you know, or have to leave the room and not enjoy your time with whoever you're with watching the movie, watching the show or something like that. It could just be that. And it's so uncomfortable. That person has to physically get it out of their body with their hands, for example, or just leave the room. room. And, and to everyone else, it might just look like, oh, that's a weirdo. Or like, oh, what's going on with that person? (laughs) But it's, it's because of their life experience that makes them so dysregulated in their situation. Mm-hmm. And there's no way for us to know that. So it's so important that we all just try to be kind humans to one another. Mm-hmm. Understanding. You, you truly never know what anyone else is going through. 
And the last one, which is like, oh my God, so major, time heals all wounds. That Ooh. that actually always <laughs> triggered me, just that statement. <laughs> Why? Let's get into that. Why well, does that trigger you? It triggers me not as much as it used to, but I've had since I was little, a lot of death in my family, a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. So disease, drugs, accidents, it's just we run the gamut. Yeah. So I've heard my whole life, time heals all wounds, time heals all wounds. And I'd be like, but I'm still angry. I'm still sad. You know, my heart still hurts. And here I am, uh, let's say 20 something years later, it'll make me a little younger. <laughs> but <laughs> And it still hurts. But time, all it does is make it less frequent and also gives you the time to formulate the right supports. Yeah, so time isn't going to heal it right unless you're actively working on healing. Mm-hmm. So you could be, you know, 70 and never dealt with the fact that, you know, that you had, uh, you know, alcoholic parents who were physically abusive and emotionally and overall just neglectful and then be in an abusive marriage and then, you know, have something happen to have another loss in your life. And this tra- trauma just keeps compounding. And if you just keep bucking up and being like, all right, well, I just have to power through. I just have to power through. And I know a lot of my clients, right? Like that's how we survived. Mm-hmm. It was just like, well, I can't feel it. I can't allow myself to feel. I can't allow myself to process. I can't sit with this because I need to just keep pushing forward. And you could push forward, but it's like uh, what happens to most of these clients is that because they don't address how they're feeling and don't address how things are impacting them. They push everything down and it's like it becomes a bottleneck and then one little thing happens and they explode Mm -hmm. because it's not about that little thing. And perseverance is perseverance, but that's not persevering. (laughs) No, that's just ducking your head down and pretending nothing's wrong. Right. Right. It, It actually takes a lot of strength to be like, hey, all this stuff happened to me and it makes me feel angry. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel sad. And and how do I work through that, right? I tell, sorry. No, I, go. I tell all my clients that are going through some kind of grief or, in you know, something like this, that it's okay to fall apart. Like, be there for your kids, be there for your family and friends or whoever you need to be there for. Mm-hmm. But find time to find someone, like your partner or whoever, to just turn into an emotional puddle in their arms because you need that too yeah and i and i will say like for myself just just so our listeners know that it's easier said than done i'm not saying it's easy to be emotionally vulnerable Mm -hmm. especially if you have had a lifetime of anytime you're emotionally vulnerable people shut you down Mm -hmm. or make you feel like oh you're being a drama queen or it's 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 not okay to feel. Yeah. Like that's a big one with a lot of my clients. Like I can't feel like mm-hmm. it's not safe for me to feel because they were never validated when they felt right. Yeah. So it's scary. And and for me, even now, like I will have, you know, my business partner and a lot of my colleagues that I meet with will say to me, like, you just need to cry. Mm-hmm. I've been going through my own stuff this past month. It's been a very difficult month for me. And I and I'm a trauma kid and I don't like to feel it's something that I actively work on, <laughs> but it's it's difficult for me to feel pain. Like all trauma kids, we avoid pain and at all costs, right? Like we're like, nope, we don't want to deal with this. Don't yeah. want to deal with it. It's not okay. I have to stop. Yeah, I have to just keep going forward. But 
what happens is, is then you stay in that dysregulated state, right? So I know for me, when I'm dealing with a lot, my chest gets tight, like I get this chronic chest tightness and I got like, it feels almost like my skin's crawling is the best. Like I call it vibrating. Mm -hmm. A lot of my clients resonate with that. It's like, I feel like my body's just vibrating at a high frequency all the time like on a motor. (laughs) Yeah. But allowing myself to like cry and be like, I'm feeling really sad about this Mm -hmm. or like, be like, I'm really angry right now. And why am I angry? Like, what is causing me to feel angry? Because it's such a disproportionate amount of anger. And rational me knows, like, you shouldn't be this angry about this situation. Mm-hmm. But, like, inner child me is like, no, nope, I'm <laughs> mad. Like, a, a 16-year-old mm-hmm. me is PO'd. Mm-hmm. And she wants to, like, you know, smash everything with a wrecking ball. <laughs> well, how do these, the impact of trauma, like, how does it affect us? Like in our brain, our body, and the stress response system. Can you can you elaborate, Chris? <laughs> well, the understanding the impact of the trauma and what it does to you and oh. how it affects your brain oh, function. You're, you're talking about like the neurobiology of trauma. Yes. So we have a minute and thirty left. So Uh-oh. I will say we can <laughs> definitely get into the neurobiology of trauma next week, but I would not want to. Get into Open up that, that can yet. of worms today. I'm getting ahead of myself. You are. I'm excited. <laughs> the trauma does have a significant impact on our brain and how our brain functions. And we will definitely, that's a great topic for next week, Quest. But wrapping up for today, the three myths that we went over are time heals all wounds. Not true. You have to actively work through your stuff, guys. Got to do it. Trauma is always visible. False. Never. Sometimes, but most of the time now. <laughs> and trauma is only caused by major life-threatening events. Like anything that's overwhelming your nervous system that you don't have the resources to solve is a trauma, guys. And it's okay to ask for help. No matter what age you are, you can always work through yourself. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Good Enough. I am your host, Jamie Vollmuller. You are also listening to my lovely clinical supervisor, Christy Casper. Thank you for listening to Good Enough with the Trauma Therapist. We appreciate you listening. While our host may provide some personal and professional advice, we want to remind you that this show is for entertainment purposes only. Each individual situation is unique, and Good Enough is not a substitute for mental health treatment. If you need a therapist and are located in New York, or Missouri, feel free to reach out to us at liendr.com or brave-mo.com.